began around 1996. So this is a 20th century condition. I took my mother to the Met. There was four of us, me, my girlfriend Audrey, my niece Nicole, and my mother. Now, at the Met, we exhausted ourselves, as you could imagine. I remember we had to go see the knights in shining armor. Of course, we had to see the mummies for me. And they had a special chess exhibit that year. And I remember being taken with this one chess exhibit. It was musicians against slaves. And I knew, staring at the details of that chess set, there was a flute player, there was uh, like a stringed instrument, like a guitar or a mandolin, there was some kind of drummer. I knew that musicians were the freest souls in the world and that I had to learn instruments. I had to. I had to figure it out to be free. So after this mental workout of a day at the Met and physical workout, you know, we took all the stairs up and down. We were famished. So we decided to go out and we walked to Madison Avenue. We figured we'd find a place to eat. So we'd take a walk up Madison Avenue. And we're looking at all the awnings deciding where to eat. And the awnings were in French, awning after awning. Now, French sounded expensive. So I figured, let me look for an awning in English. Finally, there it was, E-A-T, eat. It couldn't be any simpler or plainer than that. That had to be a place we could afford. We walked in, we sat down. We drank the tall, cool glasses of New York water, the best water in the world, that New York City tap water. We took off our shoes, we took off our jackets, and we did what in a restaurant the first syllable says to do. We rested. Then we looked at the menu. Now, take a guess. How much do you think one sandwich was? 1996 Madison Avenue. Take a guess. $18.95. $18.95. Now, and guess guess what a cup of coffee was? One cup of coffee. 1996 Madison Avenue. $6.95. So I ask you, what does a family of four, an Italian-American family of four, do, a Bronx Italian family of four, do in this situation? Our shoes are off, our jackets are off, we already drank the water, we're exhausted, We're famished. We need something in our mouths immediately. What would you do? We ordered one sandwich and one cup of coffee. When it came, my mother took a knife and sliced the sandwich into four neat, perfect triangles. We asked for three extra cups, and we passed the silver carafe for coffee all around the table. From that day on, my mother swore, she vowed, she vowed to never leave the house without a frittata. So when I would call her and say, you know, hey, Ma, get on the bus, because look, I tried to get my mother out of the kitchen as often as I could. You know, the kitchen where our ancestors came in through the light in the kitchen window, the kitchen where my crib was kept. The kitchen where we summoned life and took up swords with death. 
the kitchen where my mother was always posted over la sopra forno caldo, over the hot stove, over the fire. The kitchen where the running faucets calls me to the fountains of Roma and Acquaviva della Fonte, where my grandmother's from. And the kitchen where that running faucet makes me feel at home. The kitchen I tried to get my mother out of as often as possible. And she will leave. Ushira, she will leave, but not without a frittata nella borsetta, a frittata in the pocketbook. Here's how it goes. I give her a call. I say, Ma, come on, jump on the bus. I'll meet you at 23rd Street. It's a nice day, you know. Come downtown. Downtown, things will be great when you're, you know how the song goes. And it's true. Downtown always takes you out of your head, gives you something to look at. You forget all your cares. It's true what the song says. Now, you'd think my mother would just open up the bus schedule and put on her lipstick and go. No, first thing she does, open the refrigerator, see what's in there. Cut an onion, throw it in the frying pan, start the onion. (sighs) Once the onion's going, look in the vegetable drawer. Whatever's in there, take out. Depending on the bus schedule, eliminate potatoes. You got asparagus, that's a good structure for the frittata. It's like those... Green bars, the rods they put in concrete to hold up skyscrapers. Big frying pan, as many eggs as she got, beats them up. Mushrooms, cheese, whatever she got. When it comes time to tip the the pan side to side, let the juices go around the edges, cut a few holes in the middle, let the, let the you know, like, let it firm up. It's got to firm up. Then it comes time to flip it. In the meantime, she's getting her pocketbook ready to get on the bus, throwing on clothes, throwing on makeup. Now, to flip the frittata, she got a plate that was bigger than the frying pan. She'd cover the frying pan with the plate, and in one unhesitant, confident, turnover, she'd flip the frittata onto the plate, then slide it back, wet side up, back into the pan, wet side down. And the top side now is golden brown, and now the other side's got to get golden brown. Now, this is a very careful maneuver. If it's too wet, you're in trouble. As she said, you got it dripping down your legs. So you really got to be very careful, and it's a little bit of a magic act. But she was a master. And this was a avant-garde flip, you know? Other people put it in the oven. They buy pans with two lids that flip it itself, you know, whatever. This was old school. Get a plate, flip it, put it back in. Now, the pocketbook's ready. As soon as the frittata's ready, she's got her lipstick on. That's got to go on. Her shade was pink lightning. And she'd wrap the frittata up in tin foil in... Um, a mapine should wrap it good and put it into the pocketbook and then run for the bus. The whole bus, of course, smelled like my mother's kitchen. And when that door opened and I was there waiting for her and I saw that big pocketbook, I'd start to salivate just staring at my mother's pocketbook. And like she'd say, as soon as she saw us, we barely said hello. We'd say, Ma, what do you got to eat? Thank you.
for coming to Annie's Story Cave. This has been a Street Cry Inc. production. Way Street.